0: Hello, my name is Miguel Resendiz. I'm a marketing professional, entrepreneur, and the host of this podcast, MIGCAS, a program where we discuss how to monetize your talent, ideas, and show examples of people who have successfully done so in the past. In this podcast, we aim to bring the best business and life insights to help you materialize your goals. An open mind will go a long way in this program, so fasten your seatbelts and get ready for the show. Welcome once again to yet another episode of your favorite podcast, MIGCAS. Today, I have the pleasure to talk to professional actor, coach, and professional speaker, Frederick Imbo. How are you today?
1: I'm fine, Miguel. Thank you. How are you?
0: I'm very good. It is really a pleasure talking to you. You look so so cool
1: with your cap. uh, (laughs) The (laughs) other way around. (laughs) So wonderful. Yeah,
0: it is very, very, very young style, but like I can wear it like this. It's great. it's It's really great.
1: It's great. Either way you look, either way you look handsome. Either way you look nice.
0: Well, thank you very much for the for the compliment. So, Frederick, I have been looking forward to this interview for like a couple of weeks, and I'm really excited to have you in the podcast. Great. So yeah, so uh, to begin with, for those listeners that do not know what movies you were in, so what movies were you in uh, and and how was <laughs> your 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 acting career?
1: Well, this is the world. This is Belgium. And a part of Belgium is Flanders. So I was only acting in some theater pieces and I acted in uh, two um, movies that uh, were uh, in the the movies. So in the the room, the movies, Mm -hmm. and also acted in lots of series, Flemish TV series uh, that no one who speaks Spanish or English will ever see. Um, However, I played, I I acted in a big kind of um, weekly soap, that uh, some, however, million of people uh, w- could watch here in Belgium. So uh, the, the main soap, I acted in two of them and also in some movies, but uh, apart from that, some musicals and the theater. But believe me, that was not my, uh, my biggest quality. You know, acting was not really, yeah. wow, I I, even when I was a native English, farty, I would never be nominated for an Oscar at, at all.
0: Mm. Well, you never know, you know, uh, there's this uh, there's this actress in Mexico who uh, I don't know if you watched this movie called Roma. Uh, no, I didn't see uh, it. So do you know? Um, yeah, this, this director called Cuaron. Um, it, he 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 produces really good, uh, really good movies. And, and he basically hired this actor out of nowhere. She wasn't even an actor and she he hired her for this specific role and she was nominated for an oscar wow. she, before that she was yeah she was nominated for an oscar in wow. 2018 i think yeah so like you never know you know you never know one of these that's true. one of these days that's true. <laughs> one of these days that's you, true. May become, that's true. Yeah. you may that's true you become super famous and get an oscar if you
1: know if you know a director who f- seeks a uh, belgian guy with ginger hair you can think about me so
0: for sure yeah um, I, I, we, we we,
1: we, we, uh, we uh, exchange the the, the the realities of course huh? because then, for sure. it's thanks to you
0: <laughs> yeah well I, I, I'll, I'll get a lot of visitors in this podcast yeah listening to you great. right and that, that'll be more than enough for me great so you know um, I found out about you actually because of your TED talk oh, regarding yeah. not taking things personally and and, and that seems to be something that resonated really, really well with me, because I do take uh, things personally. And for and for a long time, I thought that was something that only happened to me. You know, I thought, oh, I am not good enough and I'm nervous to meet this person. I'm nervous to talk to my boss. What if uh, what if he gets angry? what if I'm just not. The, um, yeah, I'm just not uh, meeting the standards. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, you, ma- you mentioned you became a referee uh, to, to try to grow a thicker skin. So tell us a little bit about, what was that about? Okay, Does it work?
1: <laughs> so you would like to know the story about, uh, behind my TED Talk. First of all, um, Miguel, thank you for being so so honest to show your vulnerability and to suddenly discover that you are not the only one who struggles with um, how to take things uh, oh. personally. How it started, I think I look like a confident guy. And if I am in my field of expertise, giving trainings, presentations, I feel confident. I really feel it. However, mm-hmm. there are parts of me that feel quickly attacked. For example, when I give a communication training, <sighs> and there is that person taking whole time its smartphone and watching on the smartphone and not paying attention. Then I took it personally. And I just was aware suddenly that I did not like the fact that I was disbalanced by that so much. So I wanted to become free again. I wanted to live like, okay, he or she can do what they want. And if they do something that I don't like, I don't want to to really feel um, um, uh, irritated or I don't want to take it personally. I don't want, I don't want to feel even touched or, or, or harmed. I don't want to feel that. So of course, as a communication coach, and also coach people one-to-one who struggle with these situations as well, I explain them, listen, it's not about you. When someone does, for example, the, the, the mobile phone thing, if he or she does do that, he or she he does not do it in the way of, okay, you know, I will show that guy that I'm not interested in him, in his story. They just do it because they have other things on their mind. Maybe they do not really like what you're saying and they are just, oh, suddenly here. And they scroll, they find something interesting. So it's not really against you, it's just to meet their needs. Mm. Then again, I thought, wow, yeah, this is the theory, but how can I really practice it? I'm a guy who wants to practice things in life because I really would like to incorporate Mm. techniques and theories. So I thought, hey, Frederick a place to really learn that is being a football referee. And it turned out that one, I don't play soccer well at all. And two, Mm -hmm. uh, I I hate running on my own. So I thought if I can combine working on my uh, health and and to stay in good shape, and at the same time, Mm -hmm. learn how not to take things personally by becoming a ref, Mm -hmm. that was a story. So I literally exposed myself to situations where, believe me as a ref, They scold so many things at you. So I really could test out my strategy, how not to take things personally. And uh, honestly, it's still difficult sometimes, but it works. It really works. The moment you decide, okay, it's not about me. It's about the feelings of the other one. Then if you're aware of it, you can no longer take things personally. It's even no longer possible
0: very very interesting so believe it or not during my research i I have come across uh to a few comments about your coaching and yeah your coaching in in some of the companies that you have coached Mm -hmm. and apparently that um in this story that you tell us kind of relates to this comment a little bit and one of these guys says look i had a i had a, a very busy guy in my in my office he was a pr guy and he told me that he was not able to to take the full coaching um, class. And all of a sudden, you engage him so well. You know, he was on his phone and everything. But the, the guy says that you engage this guy so well that the guy didn't didn't leave. At the end of the day, he he remained in the in the place, right? And he uh, stayed. So to me, that speaks volumes of of your work and how well you do it also how confident you are and also obviously how knowledgeable you are you do practice neurolinguistic programming right yes 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 yeah so does this skill that you learn or these skills that you have learned in neurolinguistic programming have helped you to maybe improve this this particular part of your career which is not taking things personally
1: of course it's it's not taking things personally is just a part of being very conscious being very aware and about, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm happy that you bring up neuro-linguistic programming because it is what it does. The language mm-hmm. programs us. Our thoughts program us. Our convictions program us. For example, you said, well, I had the idea. I don't, I don't measure up. I'm not good enough. Well, these lines, I'm not good enough. I don't measure up. Mm-hmm. I don't belong. are just sentences. And... Mm-hmm. Miguel, we learned these sentences in our, in our childhood. People told us mm-hmm. so many things. For example, ah, again, you're so slowly. Well, if you're again so slow, if you hear it over and over and over again, then again, you get a kind of belief like, okay, apparently what I will do or say will be again too slowly for other people. If they always teach you like you're stupid, you are a difficult child. This is what my parents, and I don't, I don't regret it because I don't, I don't feel hot feelings towards them. But I was maybe a difficult child in that time. Mm. But of course, that child in me, if you tell the child the whole time, you are so difficult, then it becomes my identity. And my identity is even I'm afraid of people sometimes because I think, okay, again, you see, I will be the difficult child, the difficult person. Mm-hmm. So Hmm. neuro-linguistic programming is there to teach us how to become aware of our convictions, convictions or embedded thoughts. Um, If we become more conscious, more aware of them, we can also shift them because we can ask us the marvelous four questions of Byron Katie. First of all, what I believe is what I believe true. Of course, the Mm -hmm. inner voice will say, yes, of course, it's true. And then the second question is, can you scientifically prove that what you are thinking is true? I'm a difficult person. Can I scientifically prove it? No, I cannot prove it. So three, how do I feel when I believe that I'm a difficult person? Well, not so well. I feel like, yeah, I feel stupid. I feel like uh, someone who didn't, Who wasn't successful in his life and it's someone sad it's someone terrible well do I want to feel like that no of course I don't want to feel like that so for the last question which other conviction which other thought could help you to become the person you would like to become well then definitely the thought would not be I'm a difficult person it could be something like okay sometimes I'm quite overwhelming for people but that's okay That's who I am. And I can also learn how to um, become softer. So this is less hard than um, I'm a difficult person.
0: Okay. So when, when I, when I was reading um, material regarding this, um, this particular uh, topic about people, sometimes not matching up well and, and, I came across some people talking about like, you know, sometimes sometimes I I believe I'm too selfish. People said that sometimes I believe I'm too selfish and and I'm not taking other people into consideration. And I think that's the reason why they are angry at me. And so sometimes you need to, sometimes you need to also take corrective action within your own personality. Is that right? Of course. And yeah. And I have, I have read a book a long time ago. Um, I think I told you about it last time we met. The, na- the name of the book is um, Satan, an Autobiography. And it's basically a, a biography of Satan. And Satan tells us his story on earth. And he says, like, look, I, I, was, I was kind of commissioned by God to come and, and test you. But, but you don't really need my help to test you because you have something called ego. And your ego is doing all the work. Um, and a lot of the times... I see it. I see toxic relationships uh, that my friends have with their girlfriends. Um, I see toxic labor relationships that people have with their bosses or with coworkers, you know, they fight, they have this weird interaction between I cannot really tell him that he's not being nice. But so like, I see that all the time. And sometimes myself, I I have seen that even with my parents. Right. So So how do you, how do you overcome ego to, because sometimes you just feel like, look, this person is saying I'm a difficult person. This person is telling me I'm not, I'm not good enough and it's making me feel bad. And and although I believe that these four questions that you have mentioned are really valuable, how does, sometimes it can reinforce your ego. It can reinforce that you are, that you are good, right?
1: Ego just wants one thing, being right, and not being questioned. thats That are two things. Okay, the ego wants two things. Mm -hmm. I want to be right, and I don't want to be questioned. Hell no, I don't want to be questioned. Because I'm right, because if I need to question myself, then maybe I might not be right. So I want to be right. Mm -hmm. So the ego will do everything that it has in its power, judging, reproaching, or playing the victim like, okay, you know what? Then I no longer talk. To get... The feeling of I am more than you, and you are less than me, and I'm right, and you are wrong. So, how to overcome? Is to, to do the opposite. To question, to question yourself and to say someone calls you selfish. To really doing the, verbal, the, the 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 to really be vulnerable. The compliment I gave you. To really check in yourself. Okay, he calls me selfish. Do I really feel that I do not take into account the other one's needs enough? Yeah. Okay. He asked me to do a chore and I didn't do it. So, okay. Yeah. But uh, you know what? I was actually very tired and I did not want to do it. So actually what I want is I want to be understood. that I was tired and not on purpose, not willing to do it. However, I can understand that he thinks that I'm selfish. So I really dig into myself. And I check all the parts that are uh, alive in me that are involved in that situation. Okay, the other one needed me to help. And indeed, I did not keep my promise. I did not help. So indeed, that that's maybe selfish. (sighs) But at the same time, I felt a bit um, attacked because I wanted the other one, me to understand that I was just tired. So maybe the ego came in because I did not feel understood by the other person. And so I, I said, oh, yeah, but uh, do you always help me when I need you? So the ego always wants to be right. And the opposite is that you become more into touch with yourself, with your feelings, with your insecurities, with your vulnerabilities. And it's about being aware of what is, what is, it, what is inside of you. Being aware, what do you feel right now? What are you feeling right now? And what are your needs? And, and how is the situation for the other person?
0: Do you think there is an age in which you start detaching uh, from your ego naturally? Or is this something that you really need to train for?
1: Yeah. What, what, how old are you?
0: I'm 26 oh, right good now.
1: Good news. It stops at 27.
0: Oh, you, your ego stops at 27? <laughs> it's a joke. Wow. It's
1: a joke. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's a joke.
0: No, oh, wow. there are people. I was really relieved, you know. I was like, I'm detaching from this thing in 27. That's good.
1: <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry to disappoint you there. Do you think we are born with or without ego?
0: I think it is essential for our survival to to have an ego. So I do think that we're born with an ego.
1: Yeah, I think we are not born with an ego.
0: Very interesting. So when a baby cries and demands time from the from his parents it's or her parents.
1: It's just help me. It's vulnerability. It's pure vulnerability. The baby will never mm. say, okay, I was crying for one hour and you didn't even pick me. You know what? If I will eat, I will vomit everything. An e- a child mm. doesn't think. Babies don't think. Babies feel. An ego doesn't feel. An ego thinks. An ego has a strategy. So it pops in maybe in the very beginning as a toddler, like, okay, um, if you do not give me the toy I want to play with, then I will do something like, okay, I don't eat. That's the ego mm-hmm. popping in. And of course, where does the child see it? How does the child learn to do it? Well, because the parents are doing the same. The parents, uh, uh, in, uh, interact with each other in the same way if a child does not ever see ego in the play it will never do it itself so for me ego is a strategy to get what you want to get and let's be honest everyone in life every every every, even every natural creature wants one thing just be happy with all receiving things only joy only happiness and we don't like the things that we don't like. So as someone who, who yells at us or someone who does not give what we want, we protect ourselves mostly by ego.
0: I see. So when you, when you wanna be happy, I mean, this, this definition of happy that uh, ego, that our ego usually wants from us. Yeah. Uh, it means basically you're always right. You're never wrong. And always, and always expecting praise and no challenge from mm-hmm. others. That's kind of like the natural yeah. ego. Um, how does that reconcile with true happiness? Because I find that I, I have known a lot of people that are very good at finding a way to, to argue with you and, and get you. And, you know, at the end of the day, they go with the, aha, I want this argument. Yeah. Or like, they
1: the, have... That's the, that's the happiness of the ego
0: yeah but then and it will never be, happiness
1: yeah no we de- we declare it as happiness if i must yeah. exaggerate and play it i would say you know i'm really happy because i have a wife and i have two kids and you know life is wonderful because you know what i asked a salary increase and my my manager he said no you know what i answered i said listen if you don't give me that salary increase I will no longer work and do over hours. I I, I no longer longer work overtime. And you know what? He finally gave it to me. I'm the king of the world. I'm happy. Well, if you look at me playing this, do you really have the idea that I'm really happy?
0: No. No, I don't think so. I am
1: someone in that case who feels really very, very small. And that's, you know what? Being happy, being genuinely happy, is not an idea of always see uh, pink elephants and joy and unicorns. It's the idea of sometimes feeling, damn, today, it's a difficult day. And you know what? <sighs> I wanted to be paid more, and my manager did say no. You know, I, that's not really okay. Read every good book about happiness, and one of the things that will always come back is, you sometimes just need to accept that life is not treating you the way you would like to be threatened. You like to be treated. Sorry, English. Sometimes yeah, we no just problem. have to accept. Like this case, I said threatened. No, no, threatened is something else. Treat it. My ego would say, okay, can you cut it out? My vulnerability says, okay, it's okay. I'm, I'm not perfect. I don't have to be perfect either. It's okay. I can make mistakes and sometimes it's not okay. Sometimes it's okay that it is not okay. So letting go of expectations. Not expect anything from someone. Giving love without expecting to receive love back. It's our ego who says, okay, if you no longer give me love, then I stop loving you as well. Our vulnerability says, oh, darn, I gave you love and I really hoped to get some love back. But okay, yeah, darn. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes... Yeah. I don't get what I want and that's okay. So you see what I what I mean it's it's more like mm-hmm. dealing with sometimes things that you cannot change.
0: Yeah, and that sounds really interesting because I failed to consider the personal setting when when I when I thought about not taking things personally. For most of the for most of my research I always focus on on the professional setting. It was like okay so how do we not focus on the on, on the bad side of someone screaming at us? Uh, when we're in an office or something, but this really, really translates well into like a into a personal relationship with your girlfriend, for example. And I had a I had a long distance relationship at some point, and and one of the things that was challenging at the beginning, and I was also quite young. I I was like twenty, and it was like, well, I already had I already had in my mind a plan on how to react for like. Every, every negative thing that she probably could do, even though she didn't do it or she didn't show any signs that she was gonna do it. Like for example, cheating. Let's say if she cheats, I'm gonna say this to her. So I had already like a, a, a phrase prepared for her in case that she cheated or something. And then I was like, you know what? Like this is something I cannot control at all. If she cheats, she cheats. And if, if I cheat, then I cheat. But like the only thing I can control is how I react to things and how I feel. Kind of, I mean, I I don't really control how I feel, but I can kind of control how I react to to things in the moment. And so then I I decided to, even though it is kind of like a voodoo kind of um, uh, behavior, it's more like, look, this kind of karma. If I do well, if I behave well, and if I treat her right, I think most likely this is gonna happen. And if it doesn't happen the way I expected, then it's time to move on, right? but I, 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 I it took me a year or two of of having this relationship um with with a person that was really mature because she she was never uh in super selfish or anything she she used she was pretty good at you know not, never checking my phone like I left my phone at her home sometimes and she never checked it um, and I didn't have a password my phone because I, I often forgot them so you know, it was really impressive, and, and I really admire that of her. And I think I learned this from her. But but oddly enough, I couldn't translate this to the professional setting very well because oftentimes I had co-workers that I mean, sometimes they were truly mean. And and then I was like, Oh, it, it it really hurts here, right? It really hurts in your chest. And and then you think about it for like the entire day, maybe the next day too. And and that's when when I when I found your TED talk and I thought, yeah, this is this is the person I want to talk to. Mm-hmm. But then coming back to happiness, I do think that the the balance of happiness and also not being well sometimes is very important because you cannot you cannot truly really enjoy happiness unless sometimes you feel bad, I think. And there is it is like a roller coaster, you know, you feel the thrill when you go down and you feel calm when you go up and and in order to really enjoy that i think you 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 need the ups and downs and you don't you don't really want to go up in a linear increase of happiness because it's just like an addiction of serotonin on your it's, brain it's, i think it's a
1: good comparison it is
0: yeah, yeah. so so then getting back to how the ego wants you to be right. So how do you, how do we reconcile this? So let's say that I'm a person in my twenties that, which I am, uh, I'm a person in my twenties that always want to be right. And I think I, I truly believe my ideals. Let's say uh, I'm an activist, or let's say I'm a business person, an entrepreneur. I believe, I believe that my vision is what I want. And then all of a sudden, the investors are telling me no 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 what you're what you're doing is wrong and my coach is telling me yes it's risky and it, it's not the way of doing it and then you compare something that i hear a lot of the times from investors is look it, steve jobs was different to everybody he always did the contrary to what everybody recommended so i'm probably steve jobs too because i fit these characteristics do you think that's like a last resource your ego is is taking to protect itself kind of comparing itself to an outlier like for example some people say oh i don't want i don't want to go to university because i'm like mark zuckerberg he didn't really need university he's now one of the Again, billionaires." what is
1: behind i want to be right i will not do it the ego searches ways searches situations searches examples of that can prove that it's right that i'm right yeah. I don't go to university yeah. because Mark Zuckerberg didn't go either. So I want a, uh, the ego doesn't want to do any effort. The ego thinks, okay, no, I will just get what I want. The ego is actually, for me, a, um, a toddler who remains toddler. The toddler thinks, okay. I need, everyone needs to take into account me. Well, actually, as an adult, we know that sometimes people do not take into account our needs. And so we are adult enough to mourn about the fact that sometimes we don't get what we want, like COVID-19, okay, we are locked up. We have to accept that we are locked up. Even when other people are not respecting the rules, okay, good. I do what I have to do. And on the other side, I I put my focus on the things that I can change. I put my focus on the the things where I have the idea of control over.
0: Do you... So now talk... Ego has really uh, been a part of this conversation, and it, it clearly is a problem. So, how do you, how would you recommend people addressing this? How would you recommend people going, um, taking the steps to figure it out? Because, you know, if you have, if you have a mental health issue, then there is there are resources, right? I don't know if ego is a mental health issue, but it definitely is an emotional uh, problem. Like there is something, it is something that. That affects you negatively in your everyday life. And the, the higher, the bigger your ego is, the, the more difficult it is for you to, to live cohesively with others. So, how, 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 what would you recommend people to start doing to maybe uh, improve their ego or, or diminish their ego?
1: First of all, not fight to not be in the ego. Don't fight against the ego, because if you fight, you will okay. always lose. So it means that okay. sometimes you will allow yourself, okay, I was in my ego, yeah, or I'm, I am in my ego. Miguel, no, no, now, no. I don't want to talk to you, now, no. I'm, I, I hate you, I, I just don't like <laughs> you right now because you said things that really hurt it and I know I should not take it personally, but now I do and you know what, I'm in my ego and I want to be my ego as well because the only thing I want is to hurt you. If you say that in your, you are in your ego, actually you are partially no longer in your ego. Just being aware and also allowing yourself. And believe me, the more you allow yourself to be in your ego, it's like telling a child, you cannot open that box with cookies. Of course, the child will only want to open the box of cookies, so if you yeah. tell, okay, you can do it. Know that I, it makes you thick. Uh, it makes you f- uh, thick uh, fat. <laughs> I was Dutch. <laughs> not, not, bad, not thick. Yeah. Um, it makes you unhealthy. But okay, if you yeah. think this is good, you can do it. If you allow yourself, yeah. and then a question, a very good coaching question for me is, is what I'm doing right now is what I'm saying right now. Does it fit with the person I would like to be?
0: Hmm. Very interesting.
1: Is what I said now, does it meet my needs? Does it meet my mm-hmm. values? Mm-hmm. You know what? Yeah. You, huh? <laughs> You are such a selfish idiot. Stop. <laughs> it's what I said. Does it meet my needs? No. But i right. He's selfish. Okay, it's possible that you are harmed, that you feel um, touched, that you feel hurt. Okay, but if you blame the other, you're in the ego, and I don't want to be my ego. Sometimes people say things that are hurtful, that are difficult. Okay, that's my pain. And the other one can do what he wants, it's my pain, and I need to take responsibility for my pain. <sighs> Darn, I really hope that Miguel would now take into my account more of my needs, but okay, apparently he didn't do it. So okay, I can just say, Miguel, I really hoped you were doing something else, but okay. And hopefully, the other one is not in his ego. If you are in your ego, and I'm in my ego, trouble. No place to talk.
0: Yeah, so... Have you have you read um, the the philosophy or like the, the scripts of Marcus Aurelius?
1: No, not personally. I ha- I know some quotes of him, not by heart, but I, I know they are very interesting. Why do you? Yeah. So
0: in in uni- in university, for like maybe a month, we studied Mar- Mar- Marcus Aurelius. Wonderful. And we and and one of the things. And, and the class that we studied him for was business ethics. Ooh. So, you know, he was a, yeah, he was a Roman emperor, yeah. right? And he was, a, he, he was regarded as a good one. Even though Roman, the Roman empire was kind of ruthless at all times, uh, he was regarded as one of the good ones. Yeah. and One of the reasons for that is that every night he, he went to his chambers and he meditated for an hour or two. And the questions that he asked himself were the following: Am I the person I want to be today? Was I the person I want to be today? And, and if not, why not? So he will say, "Well, I killed a guy uh, because I was angry, right? And and I decapitated him or crucified him." And then he thinks, "Yeah, that's not the person. That's not the emperor I want to be. That I don't want to be Caligula, Wonderful. right?" Wonderful. Wonderful. <laughs> and and then and then he he took notes. And and those notes are the things that we study right now. But these are his reflections of every night. And he put them on paper so that he could see them. And he was like, okay, I want to be this emperor, this type of emperor. And then this is what I'm doing. If I was a different person, what would I think of me? Even though, Because sometimes you think, or, or sometimes you define yourself as a good person. But then you do things that do not fit that. But in your mind, that's what a good person will do. But then if if I think what what made Marcus Aurelius really really good for his time is that he he had the opportunity or the ability to take himself out of his entire life and see himself as a third party, you know, see himself as an as an as a normal Roman citizen and be like, yeah, you are being a bit crazy today, and you know, you kill like a thousand of people course, we, we know for it's, no reason. We know
1: it's- we know it we know yeah. it when we do something that doesn't fit our values we know it we just know yeah it.
0: and and so this is this also goes back to to what you said that um your if you meditate uh, one of the things that you that you learn in meditation is sometimes thoughts will come into your mind and then they will distract you but as soon as you know that you're that you're being distracted by those thoughts then all of a sudden they go away like they, uh, they just disappear. Exactly. And exactly. does is it similar to ego? You think about, of course. Uh, okay, I'm in an ego, okay. and then all of a sudden your ego goes away.
1: If you're reading, you're in the book. You're reading a Roman.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You're in the book. Suddenly, someone calls you. The, the bell rings. <sighs> you're suddenly aware of the fact that you are reading a book. Mm-hmm. So in that, at that moment, you, you are aware of the fact, oh, I'm, I'm in the story, I'm, I'm in it, and you're aware of it. And then it does not mean that you, you, you must open the door. It simply means that now you're aware of the choice. Okay, I can or yeah. ignore the doorbell and I can do, just continue doing what I was doing, or I can open the doorbell. So from the moment... You're aware of the ego. You're aware of the fact that, okay, I have a choice here. Or sometimes I continue reading, or sometimes, no, I will open the door. And you can choose whether you will continue being in your ego, because sometimes I really do. And sometimes I say, no, 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 come on, come on, come on, come on. No. Now I can, I can stop doing it, because it doesn't make me happy.
0: Okay. That, that sounds, yeah, like that sounds pretty much like meditation. Sometimes it will work in you know and sometimes you indulge a little bit on, on your thoughts and um you, are there any books that you will recommend for people to maybe read and, and then I, I
1: know i know that you asked me that question so i have looked uh, behind me there is uh, several books <laughs> and i selected two yes. for you where are they oh nice here and the other one is here let me start with the oldest one i looked it up for you it was uh Um, I looked it up and I forget it already. It's written in 1900, 1900, I think 36 or something like that. It's very old. And let me check for you the original title. This is the Dutch one. So the original title is how to win friends and influence people. And it's um, written by uh, Dale Carnegie. So, it's oh. very old. I think it's, it's, it's a bestseller. Everyone or a lot of people who have already gone uh, on the path of um, uh, self-awareness. I, indeed, 1936, 1936. Dale Carnegie, that's number one. Mm-hmm. And the second one is, you know what? Everything
0: is fun. Everything.
1: No, everything is Ev-
0: <laughs> Oh, <laughs> Man, everything is Manson, fucked.
1: I know what I really like. Everything is fucked. It's quite bomb smashing the face, and then I adore the subtitle, "A Book About Hope." <laughs> I love it. Everything is fucked. A book about hope. Read it. It's really good.
0: That's pretty. Inter- that's pretty cool. Um, Everything is fucked. A book about hope. So once, so like, I have, I have. Um, after I, I mean, I'm, I'm nearing my graduation, and after I. I finished my exams. Um, I felt like okay, I'm about to get into the real world, and I kind of felt hopeless, you know. I was like, oh, it's so scary. And I think there was this expectation that I had or that I had for myself of like when when I graduate, I have to do very professional work and I have to get a really good job. And the truth is sometimes you don't know if that's what's what's gonna happen. I mean, nobody expected a pandemic, nobody knew what was going to happen and you, you cannot really know if you're going to do well in your career from the get-go.
1: Again.
0: So so then for some reason I felt really inclined to watch, um, well I actually it began, I was watching YouTube videos and then there was a video of a lion eating a zebra and then I, as I saw, I mean the lions were eating the zebra alive right and then as I saw that happening, I was like, well, that's pretty sad, right? That's like, I will, it would will suck to be that zebra. But then I think zebras know that's going to be their ending. Like, I'm pretty sure they all know they're going to die even by something. They, none of them is like, oh, I'm going to die in a hospital and they're going to put some liquid and then I'm going to die peacefully. I think all of them already know that that's how, that's how they are going to die. And they, and they still live in peace. Um, because they see zebras getting killed like that every day, right?
1: So, sorry, so I really have to interrupt you there and to to tell you that that's, yeah, honestly, don't take it personally. This what you're telling is a very nice story, but however, it is a myth. It's not true. Animal animals cannot reflect upon themselves. An animal, okay, there are exceptions, very mm-hmm. tiny exceptions, like some. Um, uh, um, uh, what are, some gorillas, bonobos, and uh, also some fish—the uh, big, the big ones—the the, I don't know the word in
0: English—the the, the whales. The whales. Or they have the whales?
1: Kind of, a, and dolphins—not not whales. Dolphins—they have Dolphin. a Small self-awareness, but another animal, like a zebra, is just 100% instinct. A zebra will never really? question himself. Okay, am I not too selfish comparing the other animal? And a, 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 a zebra who sees another zebra being killed will just know, um, okay, I must, I, must, I must run away. Mm. But okay, I like the metaphor and, and, and it's okay. And it, it is true. Do you know that the humans, human beings are the only species on, on this planet that can have for a longer period stress?
0: yeah i don't i didn't a know zebra
1: that. <laughs> being confronted with a lion is stressed or not <laughs> of
0: stressed, course yeah. it's
1: stressed and it runs it runs it runs after it run away and the the lion is gone. believe me, thirty seconds after it's just as peaceful as it was before. We human beings we have an expectation like I'm graduated and I will find a job and suddenly that um expectation seems not to become reality and we Mm -hmm. get we become stressed okay and what if I don't have enough money and what if I don't make career fast enough and we start to think that's only possible to get stress on a longer period when you repeat thoughts over and over again
0: okay so and that's uh, yeah so probably my analogy wasn't all that similar because obviously humans yeah but the, the the point to me was look if you realize that the world can be cruel and the world is really not a place where you are gonna get what you what you want at all times, um, then then once you accept that, I think also that's that's a way for you to just you know do your do the best, be a strategic, obviously, try to create strategy for yourself and and then do not really resent the world for not being the place that you want it to be because it is, it can be cruel. I think uh, I saw zebra being eaten alive. I saw a, a, a pack of wolves getting, uh, actually in the Netherlands, the, there was an, an, uh, a Dutch that had like a pack of wolves being eaten by a grizzly, by a few grizzlies. And then I was like, wow. Yeah. And then everybody's walking and seeing that. Right. That's cruel. And, and, that's cruel but that's also nature these grizzly bears okay. were like okay this is food for me right exactly. and i'm gonna eat it exactly and and so this is kind of a method that i found for myself to just realize okay look you are fine if you don't get it but well, you don't get it right the same thing that happened to this wolf he he didn't want to get eaten by, by by grizzly bears but it happened so all of these things that things that seem like injustice or things that may seem like it is unfair it is just life and you need to you need exactly to and to come it. back to the ego yeah
1: expressions like it's not fair this is not right this is done against me is purely 100 the language of the ego a mature person will say okay i was just unlucky that's all. It was not against me. No one um, did something that was unfair. They just did something. It's a fact. See it as facts. Um, I need to yeah. round off, Miguel. Yeah, sounds and good. No problem. I would, like, I, would like, I would like maybe to round off by giving the quote that inspires me the most. Okay. It comes from a kind of a small prayer, but I keep out the praying fact, because again, praying is like, okay, God will give me... No, 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 no. I want Mm to uh, un-God it. So how do you do it? First of all, I accept the things I I cannot change. Okay. Secondly, I change the things that I can change. And three... I use my awareness, my mind, to distinguish mm-hmm. between the both of them. What I can change, what I can't change, what I can't change, and what I can't change.
0: Okay, so uh, I, for, before you go, and this is uh, something that um, I ask all, all of my guests, is if you, if you were to give an advice to, or like three pieces of advice to the younger self, you know, maybe the 26-year-old Frederick, what would this advice be? And yeah, you can be sure, don't worry.
1: Invest as much as you can in self-love. Be gentle with yourself. Be courageous. Set goals. Do the best you can. And at the same time, be gentle to yourself be um, friendly to yourself and so question your inner voice is what I'm thinking now an expression of self-love of love towards others or towards myself yeah okay let me continue doing this or is this an expression of pain fear resentment hate wow do I really want to be like this do I want to be someone who talks to himself? Ah, you're stupid. No, I don't want to be someone like that. I want to be someone who loves themselves, who says, okay, you made a mistake, but that's okay. Let's learn from the mistake, but let's not take into account the, the, all the negative judgments towards ourselves. This, that would be my advice.
0: Perfect. And I think that, that really sum, uh, sums it up and thank you so much for giving me some time in this, this schedule for you You're and so i really uh, I, pre- I really appreciate being in contact with you and i hope once this podcast grows uh, you can come back to the podcast uh, okay. or hopefully i can i can fly to belgium and we can have a podcast live thank you very much thank always, you to all the listeners always welcome yeah.
1: and thank you for the listeners for having got the courage to listen the the whole piece and thank you miguel for giving me the opportunity to share my ideas. It was a pleasure and uh, have a very, very nice uh, rest of the day.
0: All right. You too. And have a a great week. See you all. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.